Hello, ladies. Today, we're going to be talking about heavy periods. Periods affect us all as women, and we have to deal with it throughout life. Today, I want to share some of the treatment options and some of the decisions I chose. My name's Heather Marr, and I'm a pelvic floor physical therapist. And as a woman, I know firsthand some of the things we have to struggle with. For me, it was dealing with heavy periods. Did you know that 75% of gynecological visits with, with the doctor are due to heavy periods? What does a heavy period consist of? How do I know if I'm actually having a heavy period or just this is part of being a woman and this is normal? Well, let me share a little bit about my story. In the last year and a half or so, I've noticed that my periods have gotten heavier. And I was at Walmart one day, and I went through three tampons. The bleeding was so heavy. Another time, I experienced blood clots that were passing, probably the size of a small golf ball. And when these things happen, you really feel like your life is stopping. You get distracted, and you can't be in the moment and be present with kids, with activities, with conversations. And it really becomes a disruption as well as the risk for anemia or low red blood cell count. So fatigue is a real issue and as well as just an inconvenience and the expense of the tampons and the pads. For myself, I also wasn't comfortable even trying a menstrual cup or a diva cup because I was afraid my volume was too big. So as my journey started, I saw this happening a little bit more, which is another sign of perimenopause. I'm 45 years old. Perimenopause is the time, usually 10 years before menopause, when there can be hormonal changes, your period can be, get really erratic, or it can be very heavy. When you hit menopause is when you actually go one full year without a period. So I was in this period trying to wrestle with what are my different options. So I waited for a while just to see if the symptoms would go away. My, also, my other thought was maybe I'll go into menopause sooner than later. But as my symptoms continued, I scheduled an appointment with my gynecologist. I wanted to discuss my different possibilities. Of course, the first option that was discussed was, let's just wait. Let's let t nature take its course. Let's take ibuprofen in for the inconvenience and the discomfort. But I wanted to pursue other treatment options. So my doctor suggested one was a hormonal treatment. That could be a birth control pill, a vaginal ring, a shot, an IUD, which is an intrauterine device. But I did not need any birth control. So this really wasn't my first choice. My husband had had a vasectomy. So I was more concerned of just the symptoms of a heavy period. And I was concerned if I did introduce, say, birth control, there could be some other added side effects, changes in personality, emotions. And I didn't want to do, deal with that. Plus, just the inconvenience as well. My next option was a hysterectomy or the removal of the uterus. Now, this was a major surgery. I had to consider everything as well as the expense and the six weeks for recovery. And there would could be a change in my hormones as well and a need for hormone replacement therapy after the hysterectomy. Another option was an endometrial ablation. And this is an outpatient procedure where the lining of the uterus is disrupted. Either it can be burned or frozen or there's different techniques. In this procedure, the result is often a minimal to no period, maybe one or two days a month. I decided that I would like to do this. I had discussed it with another friend as well who was very pleased with her procedure several years ago. So again, with the information that I gathered from the doctor, as well as studying and discussing with my husband, I pursued this as my treatment choice. Now, prior to having this ablation, I needed to have an endometrial 
biopsy to rule out cancer. This was completed in the doctor's office and it was pretty simple. It's similar to a pap smear. There is a sample of the endometrial tissue that is taken. I took an ibuprofen, a couple of ibuprofens before the uh, procedure and had a little bit of cramping when she did complete the procedure. The thing that I tried to do is wiggle my toes and breathe, which helps because even having a yearly pelvic exam, those times it's easy for us as women just to tighten and guard ourselves. But if we can start to breathe and try to relax those tissues instead of fight, it does tend to be beneficial. So that was my goal as I completed the endometrial biopsy is just try to relax. I had minimal discomfort afterwards. I got the results in a couple of weeks that there was no cancer and an appointment was scheduled for the endometrial ablation. Some procedures are done in the doctor's office as an outpatient procedure. My girlfriend had one done and she said it was painful but it was okay and it was more cost effective for her. My doctor preferred to do it in the hospital, do it as an outpatient procedure. Of course, prior to surgery the day before, uh, stopped eating and drinking at midnight per her instructions. I had my husband take me to the hospital, which I feel is beneficial for several reasons to drive me home, but just having some support there and having a second set of ears is really important. It's hard sometimes when we are the patient and we're trying to absorb all the information. Again, less stressful just to have a support person there. I was able to speak with the anesthesiologist and the gynecologist before the procedure. They answered all my questions. The procedure was supposed to take only about a half an hour under anesthesia and total time about three to five hours at the hospital. Now, my recovery was a little abnormal because I had some pre-existing heart conditions and passing out episodes. Now, my response to the surgery was different. It was not because of the endometrial ablation. It was because of other pre-existing conditions. And again, this is a note to be cautious and understand that you are undergoing surgery. So there are risks involved and just be aware. Make sure that you go into a procedure as healthy as possible. After the surgery and the recovery, I returned home. I took ibuprofen. I had also picked up my prescription meds just in case the pain was intense, but I ended up only needing ibuprofen for the next couple of days. The pain was pretty minimal, but I also was trying to keep my activity to a low level. I have tried to drink as much water as possible and really flush my system out because of the anesthesia. I started using a panty liner for the next couple of weeks because a normal result of the endometrial ablation is a pinkish vaginal discharge for two to four weeks. Mine ended up being about two and a half weeks. There was a mild odor to it as well. The doctor had instructed me to put nothing in the vagina for two weeks, which included tampon or intercourse. I was to follow up with the physician two weeks post-op. Now with my situation, this was right at about the time when we started doing the quarantine or staying at home for COVID-19. So I did a telehealth visit. I will follow up with my doctor later on this year for a yearly pelvic exam. After endometrial ablations, you still want to have your yearly pelvic exam because you still have your reproductive organs. And a note of caution here also is an endometrial ablation is not seen as a form of birth control. You will want to have a different form of birth control because once the lining of the uterus has been altered, it is not, it's not conducive to carrying out a pregnancy. It puts you at risk as well. So you want to be sure that you're cautious and still have some other type of birth control until you go through menopause. 
Now to follow up, I did have, I have had one period since and it was only one day. I used a thin pad. And so I was very pleased with the outcome of the endometrial ablation. This was a good choice for me. But again, I tried to go into it with my eyes wide open and knowledge. Education is so powerful. I asked lots of questions and felt very comfortable with the decision that I had reached. I hope that as you walk through your journey of women's health and your own life, as it's constantly changing and it's a beautiful journey, that you have the education and the power to make the choices that are right for you. One Simple Step is here for education and for empowering women to take steps to healing and health. Please check out onesimplestep.today for more blog items as well as the YouTube channel, Instagram, and Facebook under One Simple Step Today. Thanks for taking your time and listening to my story. I hope that your story continues to unfold in positive ways.